Welcome back, everyone, to After the Sermon Ends. We know that after the sermon ends, the conversations can begin. Today, I'm joined by Pastor Marcus Donaldson and making me laugh too much, uh, Pastor Jared Cagle. Good to be back. You sound better than ever, Josh. I want you to know that. Trout stream the river. We haven't gotten rid of Josh X Richards yet. Good. In place of Josh the River Richards at (laughs) gmail.com. Yeah, for for those that listened to the podcast last week, um, I tried like springing that on Matthew at the very end. Like usually, I pitch it to Marcus to give the email, but then I like changed it up and like pitched it to Matthew. I'm like, hey Matthew, where can they catch people? Or where, like, where can people reach yeah. out if they have questions? He, Straight up like, crickets. Yeah, he crickets, and then he's like, <laughs> uh, citychurchgainesville.org? <laughs> no! <laughs> I'm like, that's incorrect. There is one correct answer here. So yeah, we have not gotten rid of the email. How many emails have you received? In the duration of this podcast, just two, just two from Julia, <laughs> only two. <laughs> yes, guys, we gotta change that. Gals, guys, we gotta change that. All right, Josh, xrichards at gmail dot com. Let him know how much you love him. Let him know how good his voice sounds. <laughs> Let him know the things you would change about him. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, I'm always, I'm always down for some critiques and improvements. <laughs> but yeah, Jared, you were preaching our Easter message this year. Uh, it was a great day. We had a 7 a.m. prayer service out on the porch, a little chilly, but we made it through. It was it was a great day. And then um, 10 a.m., you you brought in the message from Acts chapter 2. Why don't you give us a quick, quick recap of that message? Yeah, for sure. No, it was great. Resurrection Sunday, celebrating the resurrection. Uh, really, what struck me this year as I was preparing is when you look at the different accounts of uh, the the resurrection day, from each of the gospel accounts, you see similar language and you see a similar thing happening. And and I was digging into it and I was like, I could, you know, what do you do? What do you bring on? It's, it's, yeah. it should be simple. It should be the resurrection. It should be, it should be simple gospel on resurrection day. And then it, as I was reading, I kept reading into acts and I was like, you know what, what Peter, the first sermon that Peter delivered at Pentecost was, beautiful you know and it was exactly he, he even describes the the whole gospel story really uh in the in this brief portion of scripture and um and and i thought it really tied in well um with what with what happened yeah you know on the third day when jesus rose and and peter unpacks that very well but the whole point of of sunday was remember the word that he has spoken. Remember right. the word the prophet has the words the prophet have spoken. Remember what Jesus said, what Jesus taught. Remember that he brought it all to pass, that he fulfilled these prophecies. Um and in the resurrection, he ultimately, finally, uh, purchased our redemption. And it, it it's it's beautiful when you walk through Peter's sermon there because so many people were listening from a perspective of not be not being interested, let's say, in what Peter was saying, but at the end of it, Peter didn't even give them a, a call to respond to that. They right. just they said, "Brothers, what must we do? You know, what do we do with this?" And that's the ultimate question: what, what, who is Jesus to you, and what will you do with him? Um, and so, ultimately, on Easter and every day, uh, his resurrection is is our cornerstone for the cornerstone of our faith, and and what you will do because of what he has done and accomplished, yeah. um, is, is really the most important thing. Yeah. 
Marcus, before I, before we get some of your thoughts from the message, were there any big highlights from from you on Easter Sunday, or even just from like the whole um, the whole weekend? You went to the the Good Friday service over at La Tribu. Um, any any highlights from that day and weekend? Yeah, the the weekend overall with the weather um, and having to adjust. I I just it's always good the more and more um, we see this partnership through the family of churches continue to grow and develop and change um, in a good way, in a healthy way. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was a good experience to go um, be able to worship with our brothers and sisters at La Tribu and Hopewell Espanol. I don't know how to say the whole name in Spanish, so I'm I just going to save the embarrassment. Yeah, Pozo Esperanza. Yeah, but you're missing like two other names. Yeah, maybe. Okay. You got the first part right, but he got the first. If, he got the bookends right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, you did way better than me. So um, <laughs> that was cool, um, and it's really it's encouraging um, to see that continue to grow and develop. And then Sunday, I mean, it's it's always a good time when you see people that you haven't seen in a while, um, or that are coming for the first time. That stuff. It's always cool. It's always encouraging, always fun, um, especially when you're talking about the resurrection. It's like mm-hmm. that's that's what all of this is about. Right. That's right. Yeah, I agree. How about you, Josh? From the weekend, the highlights or yeah, the yeah. message? What were your highlights? Not from the message. We're done with that. Let's talk about it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we can come back to that. But well, what are your highlights, man? So, yes, unfortunately, I did not make it out to the Good Friday service up there. Um, we had some family come in over the weekend and spent some time with them. And I thought, like, Saturday was kind of an appropriate, like, silent Saturday, with just mm. with how much rain we had that day. Um, but, yeah, I just, I, I really enjoyed, like, Matthew and Anna and, uh, Todd putting on that that 7 a.m. like prayer service. It was just a, a really sweet time to to be out there on the front porch and and sing together. And you know, even though we did just get a quick snapshot of of the word from, was it Mark 16? Is that you? Yep. Yeah, Marcus mm. uh, brought a word from Mark 16, and um, yeah, it was just all um, pointing to the, the truth of the resurrection and mm. believing his words. And I was reading in the mm. the resurrection account from John that day uh, about just all the various people that, that Jesus appeared to and what it took for all of them to actually believe in the resurrection and what we saw from uh, Mark as well. Like it took Jesus revealing himself, like he needed to reveal himself to, to Mary in the way that he, in the way that he talked to her. He needed to reveal himself to Thomas after he was, was doubting and he um, Mm -hmm. needed to reveal himself to disciples that were hiding away still, even though Peter and John had gone and seen the empty tomb and like Jesus revealed himself again on Sunday to us in the way that, that you were preaching your message on the, the, the truth of the resurrection and the, the truth that, that, that there is a response needed from us. You know, th- these people in Acts are, I'm kind of getting back into the message here. Um, Good. It was almost seamless. <laughs> Until you said that. <laughs> <laughs> got to just got to communicate where, th- where things are going, you know? That's good, man. We're having um, a good time. There's always a rock in the stream somewhere. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, that's um, good. Gosh. <laughs> um, Some rocks are boulders. Yep. Uh, but, like, these people are are left after Peter is, has preached this, this message and like he sees like he he says like let all the house of israel know that 
God has made him Christ, uh, Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. And like people are left like, we, we, we crucified him. Like, what mm-hmm. can we do? Like, what are we left to do? And th- it's just beautiful, the response of repent and believe and be baptized. And like, that's the call for us to be, to, for us still today is like, you know, when we are faced with, with the reality of our sin, it's like, what can we do? We stand condemned. Like we like put him on the cross through our sin. Like, what are we left to do? Mm-hmm. And so that was, that was just beautiful to have that reminder and just have this like, I always love Easter. Like we should always celebrate um, Jesus every Sunday like we do on Easter, but it, it does have some, some special uh, specialness to it for, for me on, on the actual day of the resurrection. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. I think um, ultimately this, there's so much in that text, but one of the things that really stuck out to me is that part that you said that God has made him both Lord and Christ and what that would have meant to them and to the people there um, when they heard that, ultimately uh, Peter was declaring that, that God had, had made him, that had, that God had positioned him, lifted him up, exalted him as both Lord and Christ, not just Christ, the Messiah, the promised one, the sent one to, to save, but Lord as well. So when you when you call upon the name of the Lord, O people of Israel, you know when yeah. you call like this is who you're calling on. Um, this all who call on the name of the Lord in those in in that day will be saved. His name is Jesus, you know. And to to have to be uh, to to really face that reality head on for them was a lot harder than maybe we we think, you know, we, sometimes we skirt past that, like, oh yeah, cool. Lord and Christ. We know that Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. No, this was, this was a total paradigm shift. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that's probably a soft way of saying it. Mm-hmm. So Marcus, we'll pitch it back to you. Like Solid. What, what were your, what were some of your thoughts <laughs> from Sunday's for, message? For those of you who can't view us, which is all of you, <laughs> Josh tried to pitch it to Marcus and Marcus denied. So then Josh went back in his bag of tricks and said, Hey, so Marcus, we'll pitch it to you. I love it. Well, you know, I think that that's probably, that's actually a really good um, example of, I think that truth that Peter proclaimed, Mm. it's like, Hey, you guys were saying Hosanna Mm -hmm. as he entered, you know, some 50 days ago. Mm -hmm. And then you shouted crucify him. And then here you got to deal with this truth. Like, like you had an opportunity to um, acknowledge him as Lord and you did, then you rejected him. Um, but you have to do something with this, this, this truth, who he is, Lord and Christ. You have to, you have to do something with it, just like you did to me. You gave me that like subtle head nod, you know, the look, like, hey, you want to <laughs> jump in here? Um, and I shook my head, and then here I am after you said, hey, you need to do something with this. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I was just going back because we heard your highlights, so we never heard your thoughts from the message on Sunday. Oh, oh, I didn't, yeah, I didn't share that. The, um, what I, what I think is important to, um, remember and, and Jared talked about it on Sunday, but this is the first Christian sermon, Mm -hmm. right? Like the, the Holy Spirit just fell on, um, the people in the upper room. 
Like we're seeing this miraculous event take place. They're speaking in their native language, but the people are hearing it in their native language, right? Yeah. So obviously this isn't something uh, that, that they just drummed up themselves. Um, and I think Luke records that pretty well, like that it was kind of um, spectacular in every sense. Like, right? like the people were like, man, you're yeah. on that new one. You got that new stuff. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we see that the gospel is clearly proclaimed and clearly received. Um, it wasn't about this, you know, this grand display of emotion. It was about the, the clear communication of the gospel through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and I think we lose sight of that when we look at Acts 2. Um, mm. Sometimes it's like, man, the Spirit fell, and the disciples, man, they were up there speaking in tongues. Well, that's not what saved them. Right. It, it, what saved the, the listeners was their their faith, right? Their repentance yep. and belief in Jesus as Lord and Christ that Peter proclaimed after he had just elaborated all that. So I, I think that Jared hit that pretty well. I think Luke um, records that pretty well. But mm-hmm. I think so often in contemporary Christianity, we're so satisfied or we desire to be satisfied by this grand emotional display rather than the clear communication of the gospel. <laughs> Hold on a second. Let me say. Let me say this because I didn't know where you were about to take us down a stream there. But so the um, mm, that is so good. Like I, I kept thinking when I was preparing this, I'm like, they're having these huge displays, right? And everybody's like, "What is happening?" And Peter breaks it up for a Bible study time. <laughs> yeah, you know, like yeah. open your words now. Yeah. You know, to Joel chapter two, and it's not how it went, but you know what I'm saying, and. That how often do we f- maybe look at that as like, no, no, don't interrupt what God is doing. Yeah. It, it's like, no, this is what the Holy Spirit is here to do. Right, right. And and so I, th- I, I read this yesterday. Somebody shared this with me, actually, and it goes along with that. Uh, Mark chapter 3, when Jesus called the 12, and in, in verse 13 of Mark chapter 3, it says, He went up to the mountain and called to him those whom he desired. Uh, and they came to him and he appointed 12 whom he also named apostles so that they might be with him. All right. So he called them and, and so that number one, they might be with him. Number two, and he might send them out to preach. And number three, he's, it says, and have authority to cast out demons. So I read that and I thought, wow, in order, which may or may not have something to do with why it was written in that order, but we're going to go with the order right now. That Number one, that he might be with, they listed might be with him first, then preach, go sent out to preach, and then cast out demons. How often do we flip that and say, all right, give me power to do the, the stuff that's awesome. And then I'd love to be able to preach too. Give me, give me some gifts to be able to preach. And if we can be together, that'd be that'll be kind of nice on you know if we can kind of get to that also. But but I I'm asking you for power. I'm asking you for supernatural. I'm asking you for, and we get it so backwards. And I really think the priority there. That's what it made me think of when you said that. Like it, in our natural maybe logic, we would look at Pentecost and say, "Give me more of that." Like tongues of fire awesome experience people are speaking to each other in the same language they can understand 
Um, and what God is doing is so much bigger than that. Right. right? And, and the supernatural or miraculous fruit of his presence is fruit of the, the faith uh, that, that must be there to, um, in, with it, for his presence to fall in that way and for salvation to take place. Faith is, the, is at the root of that from our response. And faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And uh, anyway, I was thinking about that, how often we get those backwards mm-hmm. and, and we try to maybe order it the way that we want to order it and being with him and, and actually following his lead really kind of becomes secondary or even in the third order. Yeah, and th- that was exactly where I wanted to go. Actually, with wanting to to break down like the like how Peter anchors his sermon in Scripture. Like he takes what is like the the emotion and the honestly kind of spiritual chaos that's happening with the tongues of fire coming down, and he anchors it in Scripture and saying, "Hey, this is this is actually what's going on." Because if you see in verse twelve of Acts chapter two, it says, And all were amazed and perplexed, saying mm-hmm. to one another, What does this mean? And then some others mocked them be- mm-hmm. and saying they were filled with a new wine. So the people on the outside, like they weren't experiencing this. And mm-hmm. they and it's not like an invitation for them to come in and experience it. Um, instead they're left on the outside saying, like like what does this mean? They're they're amazed at what's happening. That's really cool to see. But like, what does this mean? Like, what does this mean for us? What does this mean in general? And they're they're just confused. And if the people on the inside of that room are just um, preoccupied with you know keeping that emotional high going and like they, their own experience, like no one's going to get up and explain what's happening to them. It's really good, you know. And going back to what I was saying earlier about like you know the the celebration attitude of Easter and like I, I love having that and like that's that's great. But if there's no call for us afterwards to say to to you know, to tell people on the outside, like, Hey, this is the reason why we're celebrating. You know, if we can get, if we get so preoccupied with, with the emotion of it, with the, the, the power and the spiritual mm-hmm. nature of what's going on in, in, in our lives and trying to elevate and hold on to that experience for us, then like, we're, then we're, there's no one, no one is going to be able to go to those on the outside saying, Hey, this is what's actually going on. This is why people gather on Easter. This is why people are posting pictures at churches and fancy backgrounds and all this stuff. Like, <laughs> And what if mm. Peter didn't get up? Yeah. yeah. They would still be going to hell. Mm-hmm. That's what I think we miss when we get yeah. caught up in, in yeah. the spectacular and, and the emotional. Every, like, it has a place. It's great. Yeah. Like, to see people perplexed and amazed, um, to see people, like, to, to be there, that would be an incredible experience. But it wouldn't do you any good if you didn't hear the gospel. Mm-hmm. And you would be unfaithful in Peter's case if he didn't get up and share the gospel. Yep. Um, there was a, a call to remember um, yep. and, a, and a call to respond. Yeah. It's good. Like these people, they needed to be cut to the heart of, yeah. you know, of their sin, of the fact that they were the ones that, that crucified him and they, their sins were the ones that he paid for. It's like they needed to be cut to the heart with the truth of that, with the clarity of that, so that they could respond in an appropriate way rather than being caught up in the, totally. the emotional totally. um, high and just everything going on. Yeah, Cut to the Heart would have been a better title for sure.
Cut to did the you heart. ever did you ever settle on a title? No, I d- rarely do. <laughs> okay. I just have fun with that up there. I'm like, I don't title them. Yeah. And then I get up there and I kind of see how it feels. And then sometimes people are like, ooh, and I'm like, that should be my title if I ever preach this again, which I won't. But So let me read these lyrics to this song if I can, because this goes along with what y'all were saying. Uh, Shane and Shane, you may or may not have heard of them. They're very underrated. This song's kind of weird, to be honest with you, musically. And so you may not have ever heard it, but the lyrics... Holy cow. You said this earlier about, I shouldn't say holy cow on a, you know, there's not, anyway, you know what I'm saying. Um, <clears throat> Marcus said this earlier about saying Hosanna and then shouting crucify him. And this is what made me think of. And I think this is so relevant to us. Before we get too far down the road of thinking, oh, these people that shouted crucify him are so bad. And these people crucify, like Peter's talking to them, but he's not talking to me. Okay. So the lyric says, I sing Hosanna when I want it all, and then I crucify the Son of God. Because he isn't who I always thought, not what I want, but what I needed. I sing how great and mighty is the King, just as long as he considers me high above every other thing, even his glory. And then it talks about how we're spinning, spinning out of control like a hurricane and it reappearing just when I fear enough or need a touch from him and I sing Hosanna once again but then I shout crucify him and I was thinking about that whole that that dichotomy of man we do we still do that we still we usher him in with thanksgiving and praise and we shout salvation is here and then the very next day we're 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 crucifying him we're turning from him and um you know, it's such a it's such a good reminder that in our humanity and our depravity, man, we need to be walking in repentance daily, right? Not to be resaved, not to not to come back for more salvation. That's not why we walk in repentance daily. But in our humanity, crucifying our flesh, dying to our flesh, and turning to him because he has grace for us in that. He his his mercy is more in that. And um in anyway it, his kindness leads us to that repentance daily not just one time um and I, I just thought i thought that was that was helpful and exciting yeah i'm a big fan of the shane and shane and love yeah. that song too that's great yeah so let's just like pivot now to i guess like what what do we do with, with jesus like what do we do here in in the practical sense moving forward like Easter has come, you know, what, what, what is a practical response that we can have? Ask that again. Practical application. Repent and believe. Okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it was in the text. Yeah. Wait, so who's we? That, that would have been my question. Who's we, Josh? For... Doesn't sure. matter. I'm yeah, just kidding. <laughs> Anyone? Trick questions today. Yeah, repent and believe. Repent and be baptized. Uh, I thought about that too. You know, we we don't. Maybe we don't talk about the the role. I don't know the place for baptism enough. You know, when it comes to we give all these response moments and we we talk about being saved and how to be saved. And baptism is not. Um, is not a, there, there's nothing special in the sense of it doesn't save you, 
but it is an act of obedience mm-hmm. and uh it's significant like and even significant enough here for peter to to make it plain repent and be baptized i would argue these are kind of the two really action really action steps that we take yeah when we to, to become a christian and to, to proclaim to the world that we are a christian because we can't wake ourselves up. We can't make ourselves alive. We can't do the initiating work of salvation. But once we've been made alive, our action steps, if you will, our call to action is to repent. We can do that. And we can and we can take that step of obedience. What do you think about that, Marcus? Sorry, Josh. I'm You're great. About that in terms of how we um how we set that up, how we teach that, how we um, make sure to be clear about that. Do you think we do a good enough job of that? Do you think we could be better? How important is it to lead people in that way towards baptism? Yeah. So in right there, Acts two thirty eight, that is part of what a lot of people hold to when they hold a baptismal regenerative view mm-hmm. of faith. Right. Like so, being born again or regeneration it comes by the mode of water baptism, which we would reject, like right. you're saying. But for the listeners there, they were already Jewish. They already believed in God, but they didn't believe in Christ. So repent, that change of mind that results in a change of action is demonstrated publicly by a baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus um, for the forgiveness of sin and the promise of the Holy Spirit. And and so what that would have publicly demonstrated is not only allegiance to Jesus, but it would have completely disassociated them from um, the Jews who continued to disbelieve and crucified uh, Jesus. So for them, it was, it was really significant for him to say, repent and believe still significant today um, or repent and be baptized Mm -hmm. still significant today. I think that we can do much better, but we're in a, uh, what we're fighting against is uh, individualism and this idea that you don't need the church to be a Christian. Um, mm. You don't need to be baptized to be saved, which you don't. Um, you, you don't need to be baptized to be saved. I think you made that clear on Sunday. But what what I think we miss in that view is um, what, what baptism symbolizes mm-hmm. um, and what it proclaims publicly. In just like it did in the first century, just like it did here at the end of Peter's sermon with that invitation. It's like you're identifying with the resurrected Lord publicly. And you may not get all the attacks that uh, they may have in the first century, but maybe you will. Um, But in either case, you're saying that I have, uh, I've died with Hmm. Jesus and I'm, I've been raised to new life with him. And this is internal. It's all symbolic. Yeah. But it's it's saying that publicly, and I I would go so far as to say that if you're unwilling to say that publicly, not only is it very clear disobedience, I would have some serious questions if, by every normal means, you have the ability to, there's a faithful, um, gospel-centered local church, um, I, I would be curious as to why. Why, like what's really going on mm-hmm. and does your heart truly belong to the Lord or is there some element of pride um, that's keeping you from that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and one more thing I'll add to that about baptism is um, th- this verse right here, like 
it's uh, like what you're saying, Marcus, about how um, it was not necessarily for baptismal regeneration, Mm -hmm. but it is tied to salvation. Like we see a lot of people and and a lot of different churches around today get, get get baptized for various other reasons for, for healings or just because they they feel like it and they want to get closer to Jesus in that moment. But we, we see that baptism is to declare allegiance to him, to declare salvation in his name. And like, it's just really powerful that this is, is backing that up so clearly as well. So why wouldn't you want to do it then is the question, right? Yeah. Um, and I can't, I can't think of a, like a valid reason that I've heard as to why. Can y'all? No, I mean, other than confusion of what it is, confusion of maybe a, a previous experience you know whether baptized as an infant or you know some other mode or even baptized prior to you know really being saved we get that a lot too like well I already was you know um and it's interesting obviously it's not that cut and dry because you I can't get inside of the person to really know Mm -hmm. and um but we but we see it I, I I interpret this very clearly I'm glad you went there as far as how, because uh, I didn't make that clear enough, probably of, of uh, the misinterpretations of this text and how it leads people down that path of uh, baptism as a regenerating work or part of the regeneration. Um, that's a misinterpretation from my view. Very clearly, the way I interpret this is we. It's an act of obedience, and a matter of fact, should be the first act of obedience. In the in the in a perfect world, you're you're saved, you've 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 been made alive in Christ, and then you you show the world by symbolically being buried with Him and and, and risen to walk with Him, newness of life. And uh, in in that whole picture, it's kind of like. You're, you're sealing it symbolically, but you're also proclaiming it to your community, to the church around you that's going to help hold you accountable to that reality and that new life that you're, that you're walking in now. This isn't something, the Christian life and our salvation is never something to just to be kept inside to, for no one to know about. That's the opposite of what it is. It is an internal reality, but it's very much supposed to be made known on the outside of us, uh, on a regular basis. And that uh, part of that for me is so clearly why Jesus instituted it and, and even went through it himself, because we need to be proclaiming who we are and proclaiming of what he's done for us. And if we're not, you know, we're, we're, we're really just creating an internal club, uh, that really lends itself more to, Hey, let's have our supernatural, holy, moment and everybody on the outside is just going to look in and and at best be amazed and at worst think that we're drunk Mm -hmm. you know and uh, it's it's important that that we understand what that is anyway i I, that was a tangent sorry here we are go braves (laughs) (laughs) walk off home run last night five to four really you didn't want you didn't want sean murphy new catcher i was down on him and uh, he went three for five with a walk off. Nice. He's apparently really good on the defensive end. So, what's their record now? They're seven and four. There you go. Good season so far. It doesn't matter. There's a way too many <laughs> games left in the season. There are. Yeah. Um. 
But I, I think that that, that kind of hits on the importance of of teaching, right? If we look at the, the Great Commission order, go make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teach them to observe all mm-hmm. that I've commanded. Go, mm-hmm. make disciples, baptize, teach, mm-hmm. right? Like that's that's the order. Um, and I think that, it, and I've done this too, I'm just as guilty. Mm. Go make a disciple, teach them to observe, figure out baptism at some point. It's like that is that is um that's not the prescribed order. Yeah. Um and I think that's that good. that we just when we try to do things our own way and we try to justify it by busyness or convenience or it doesn't have to be this way, um I think that that we're missing the point. We're missing like you said earlier what God is ultimately doing through all yeah. of that. Like yeah, it may be a little counterproductive sometimes to teach through baptism before you get them into discipleship 101. Um, but that may be the, the next important step. If that helps them understand that, okay, like this, this public profession mm-hmm. of faith is just the beginning of, of my life of obedience of the beginning of living out this great commission lifestyle. I think that kind of flips modern Christianity on its head. That it is, sometimes too inwardly focused, um, less um, zealous for Mm -hmm. evangelism, for missions, things like that, because we've been taught and told and, um, I guess, kind of ushered through this this inward in my own time sort of process. So anyways, that's just some peripheral thought. Mm, That's good. Yeah, so we're... We have a few minutes left. Any any final thoughts or encouragements? Maybe like you had a family member that that didn't go to church on that on Easter with you, or like yet you have you know people on the outside of the church, kind of like these people that are on the outside here. Um, what what would you encourage them to do with with the people in their life that they know is on, are on the outside? It's a good question. That's hard. That that hits home. I'm sure for a lot of people that are listening, it's you know there's there's a careful balance between going too strong and but yet like not being clear and honest and open about and and public about what you believe and and the if the truth is what we say it is if the truth is that the resurrection of Jesus has has now made it possible for all who repent and believe in him as lord and savior for the forgiveness of sins will have life eternal and not have punishment for eternity if that's true, then we should be very public about it, right? We should we should be giving that news that is good to everyone we can that doesn't know it. And I think that that sometimes that sometimes comes out very force. It either comes out very forcefully or very passively, and there's a balance there. It's relational, and so I would just encourage people to continue walking continue walking with their people, continue walking with their family, stay as close as you can, uh, and look for every crack you can to proclaim the truth. Um, don't beat people over the head with it, but look for every, every chance you can and don't, don't miss it. When you do miss an opportunity, um, you know, look, it's not too late that you hopefully, you know, you can find another one, but be, be aggressive in the sense of looking for opportunities and putting yourself in positions 
to be able to have those types of conversations. Yeah. What was the question one more time? It's like, what if you have family members or friends that, that are on the periphery, like outside of the church that didn't go to church on Easter, um, like, like they are here, like the people are just, you know, not knowing what church is all about. Like, what would you encourage people to do with that? They're in your life for a reason. Um, they could have been strangers on the other side of the world. Um, so if you're a Christian and they're in your life, it's because God has put them there so that you could help or cooperate in his effort to lead them to uh, saving faith. And if that's prayer, if that's sharing, if that's all of those things, um, I think that, that we should eagerly, like Jared was describing, eagerly uh, look for those opportunities to to pray for, to uh, love through service, to um, love through listening and just being in their life, um, and then love through sharing, right? Like Peter, uh, he didn't have to get up there, right? He did, um, and he shared. It It was an, an act of love leading them to the gospel. Yeah. And we can't settle for inviting them to church, right? We need to invite them to Jesus, mm. Church is for the believer, right? The The gospel is for all. Mm. So in, invite them to saving faith, to repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ in his death and resurrection for the forgiveness of sin, and invite them to church. But I think we settle for inviting them to church, then they're confused, or when they don't yep. come, we're like, why? And it's like, well, why would they come? Mm. I don't go to... Um, I don't go to the all the Atlanta United games because I'm not a Atlanta United player or Atlanta United fan, really. I mean, I went with you because you, know, <laughs> you so graciously invited me. But um, attendance, if I'm a player, attendance is mandatory. Um, I get paid to go. So we shouldn't be surprised when our unbelieving friends and family members don't come yeah. because they don't know the Lord Jesus in saving faith. Yeah. Uh, one final thing I'll say to that is like maybe you got someone to come to with you on mm. Easter to church Amen. and like praise <laughs> God for that. Uh, but like Marcus said, like don't let that stop there. Yeah. You know, keep inviting them into a relationship with Jesus. Use this as a starting point with them um, to to teach them about who Jesus is and what He did for them, so that you can um, invite them into a personal relationship. But um, gentlemen, thank you guys so much for the conversation today. It was a lot of fun. Um, even if we did get stuck uh, along the way a couple times, but yeah, uh, we we made it through. But we did. How long did it take? That was the real we're question. We're coming up on forty minutes. <laughs> it was great. I'll take the brunt of that. It's all right. <laughs> uh, it's it's always fun having you on, Jared. Thanks, Glad you man. could make it back, yeah. uh, listener. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that you were blessed by this conversation and had a blessed uh, Holy Week and Easter. Uh, and even going forward, that you would continue to grow deeper and deeper in your relationship with Jesus. You can join us continually on Sundays at 10 a.m. at City Church in Gainesville. But until next time.